Hey, producer's with us today. <laughs> there you go. over the control panel or something. I don't know. Anyways, not everybody gets to see the magic behind the show, aka right. Andrew. Andrew, good to see your face. Thanks for popping on to say hi, whether that was intended or not. <laughs> yeah, Gates, how are y'all doing this morning? <laughs> good, good, go. good. Good morning. Awesome. What kind of coffee do y'all have? Um, I already did my seven weeks coffee this morning. I'm on the water seven. already. Wow. Andrew. Yeah, we have... Uh, 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 what's it? Uh, the what's the 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 science beaker thing where you pour the hot water over and it it's uh, Chemex. That's what we use for our coffee. Chemex, oh, cool. That yeah, it's fancy. like it, do, it doesn't go into like a plasticky, boily water thing. It's like you just boil the water and you pour it over. Very simple, very hard to reheat. Called, isn't that called that's a coffee awesome. press? No, that's that's very similar, I suppose. Okay. Right, so. Okay. All right, I'm gonna disappear. Good to see you. Bye, Andrew. Wait, wait, before you disappear, the one-minute version of who Andrew is. Everybody wants to know. Oh, the one-minute version of who Andrew is. I am a somewhere in a hidden bunker deep underneath the the bowels of a hidden layer. I am uh, I'm producer. I'm in Nebraska. I am a yeah video producer. Super Pro Life. Happy to work with Sidewalk Advocates for years and years and. My standard computer is in about 15 pieces behind me. And so I am working on all backup stuff right now. And uh, yeah, but we're, we're making it happen. It's going to be awesome. That's right. Well, good. Well, I'm glad people got to say hi to you. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Jeremy, how's it going? That's right. <laughs> Look at that. People, the people are loving it. There you That's go. Right. Oh, we'll have to have more and more. It's, it's an interesting dude. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. Once again, I'm Lauren Muzica, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Cheers. And I'm Nate, and I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And it is such a great joy to be with you today and each and every Friday. We have a lot of fun. As you can tell, our show is a little bit different already this morning. So having a lot of fun this morning. We love joining you to talk about what's going on in the pro-life world and how we can continue to be agents of change as we work to change hearts and minds on this most important issue of our times, the cause of life. This show is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I just had to say that. That was my <laughs> cheesy line for the morning. Hopefully the only cheesy line. <laughs> But other than that, we do have generally a pretty cool, awesome structure to the show. So if you're brand new, you can expect prayer, headlines, a victory story, tip, a special interview, more prayer. We always say it is all right here, folks. So we've got a, a, a lot going on in this show today. Two of your most favorite people to interview ever, to, to, to watch on screen ever are going to be on this show today in the interview portion. Isn't that true, Nate? Isn't that so true? Wait until That's you see so it. That's so true. That's exactly Wait right. Wait till you see it. Just hold on. <laughs> Just hold on. All right. Well, with that, how about we get rolling? Nate, you want to open us with a word of prayer? Sure. Sounds great. Dillard, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together again this morning. Thank you for all that you're doing around the pro-life, pro-love movement. Thank you for 
just the incredible miracles we get to continue to celebrate as we, you know, work to change hearts and minds, as we work to resource moms and dads in, in need outside of abortion facilities and beyond. God, we just pray that you continue to bless us, um, bless Sidewalk Advocates for Life, bless all of those who are actively working to change our culture into a culture of life. God, we pray that you would bless those who are on sidewalks this morning and that you would continue to do miracles each and every day. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Nate. All right. We've actually got three quick headlines for you this morning. There is a lot going on in the pro-life, pro-family world. So here we go. Story number one. Uh, we had six pro-life demonstrators who were found guilty, charged under the FACE Act. They face up to 11 years in federal prison. So six pro-lifers were found guilty on Tuesday after the Biden administration charged them over a protest at a Tennessee abortion facility in 2021. They face up to 10 and a half years in prison. The pro-life activists were accused by the Department of Justice of violating the FACE Act, which is the Freedom uh, of Access to Clinic Entrances Act and civil rights conspiracy for, again, a protest that took place in the hallway. So this was a multi-unit facility where the abortion facility was in Tennessee. So it took place in a hallway outside of a Mount Juliet abortion provider on March 5th, 2021. So on that day, a group of demonstrators gathered on the second floor of this office building in the hallway outside the CARIFEM Health Center uh, facility. The group prayed, sang hymns, and urged women showing up to the clinic to not get abortions. So a quick comment on this headline. Uh, again, we've got three of them for you this morning, so hang tight. Uh, lots of interesting news. This is a really interesting case because it, it, it's uh, distinguishable in a respect from the case where a, a, another handful of individuals were recently charged under the FACE Act. In that first case, Folks used, uh, and, and at a DC abortion facility, they used chains and bike locks and rope to um, inhibit uh, access and um, people leaving the facility, right? And so it was a little bit more involved in the, the approach that they took. This particular group, they actually did something a little bit more low key. They sat outside the abortion facility in the hallway right in front of the door. Um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, looking like they were blocking the door and they peacefully sang hymns. And there are some people in the pro-life community who are saying, well, you know, what's wrong with this? Shouldn't they be able to sing and reach out to women? Um, our answer to that is yes, absolutely. They should be able to sing and reach out to women. But what, what is key here is that they knew that they were breaking the law. They were in front of the door, blocking the entrance. And so we've always encouraged people to really think about what is most efficacious, right? Um, even in a multi-unit facility, we have the ability to stand outside the building, to stop every individual, invite them to take life-affirming resources. We work in front of multi-unit facilities all the time, especially like in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, where, where almost every abortion facility is in a strip mall or in this high-rise building, right? And so we've just really kind of encouraged the pro-life community to take a step back and say, is this the best way to save lives? Because now these folks who, uh, again, among them may be some great sidewalk counselors, they're going to, they're, they're basically facing federal prison time up to 10 and a half years. And I just think about all of the people that they could have interfaced with. You know, you got one incident here, 
Did they really turn anybody around? At least the reports, the initial reports are that nobody was reached that day. You know, could you have just moved your your ministry, so to speak, just outside the building where you can peacefully and faithfully exercise those First Amendment rights and you have a chance to reach out to people longer? I think there's so many things to think about in the short and long term in that regard. So. All right, um, we're going to keep moving here. And then, Nate, I'm going to get your commentary on all the stories this morning. But story number two, breaking news. The U.S. Supreme Court announced Monday that oral arguments in the high-stakes abortion pill case will be heard on March 26th. The decision in this case could determine whether the abortion pill mifeprestone can be prescribed by telemedicine or sent through the mail. This is the most prevalent form of abortion here in the United States. There are droves of women that are ordering these dangerous mail-order abortion-causing drugs through the mail. And so what's at issue in this case is whether the FDA just kind of pushed this whole regimen through uh, haphazardly, right? So they're going to be reviewing whether uh, the, the protocol is dialed back with that in mind. So this is going to be a really pivotal, interesting case to watch. One of the first cases under review since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade about a year and a half ago. So all eyes are on this case as it moves forward. Story number three, Pro-Life Group launches massive campaign to turn out millions of pro-life voters. So we want to give a shout out to our colleagues at SBA Pro-Life America. They announced their political program for the 2024 elections, including a, a plan to spend $92 million and reach $10 million voters to protect life across America. So they're going to knock on 4 million doors across eight battleground states, including Arizona, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Montana, and Georgia. So again, their target is 10 million voters across these states with a focus on low turnout and persuadable voters to win the presidency and a majority in Congress. So they're looking at the fact right now that we've got one party that is very pro-abortion and one party that again, you know, almost completely has professed to protect life. So this is going to be a really, really interesting next several months as we head into the 2024 elections. So Nate, we've got some huge headlines this week. I mean, we really couldn't just pick one, right? We're debating at the top of the show whether to rattle all these off, but I think it was worth it. There's a lot going on right now. Everything from the FACE Act to a get out the vote effort, uh, and then we've also got big news in the abortion pill case that is at the Supreme Court. So your thoughts this morning? Yeah, you know, I think that all three of these reveal just the reality of where we sit today and the beginnings of 2024 here in America, where we see such um, great efforts happening um, to either establish life more or maybe even to, you know, continue this pro-abortion, um, you know, pressure across America. But what we see in all of these cases is that we are battling a culture of life and we are battling this idea of how do we raise up a culture of life and where are we as Americans? Where are we in states across America and what is the future going to look like? You know, when you look at the abortion pill case, it's so important. It's a vital case to determine or to, to have the Supreme Court review, is this, has this drug been used appropriately? And should it continue to be used the way that it's currently being used? Or should some limitations be put on the way in which it's used? I had a meeting again this week with some folks in New York State, and they again reiterated that their governor, their governor of New York State, 
has already stockpiled 250,000 doses of the medication in case the Supreme Court says that it can no longer be used in the way it's being used today so that New York has them on hand to dispense, I guess, in some form or fashion. So this case is pivotal and it's really important as we watch to see what happens at the Supreme Court. You know, yeah. when you talked so well about what happened in Tennessee and, and the concerns that we have about law-abiding outreach and, and what it does to to our to our activism if, if people are breaking the law and even if we don't agree with the FACE Act. So that's also really important as we just look at what we're what's happening across the pro-life movement. And of course, the efforts of SBA Pro-Life America to make sure that people understand the vital issues at stake in the elections this year and to be turning out voters as they understand more the issues of life, the issues of family, and how we move our culture forward in a, in a more in, in a more stable direction. So yeah, to you. I thought it was so interesting, Nate, that when you listen to these three stories, the thread that you found is what do we want the future to look like, right? right. And I think in some it, each in their own very unique way, they answer that question. You know, in the first case, um, I, I know we at Sidewalk Advocates for Life are just encouraging people really to stay the course with peaceful, prayerful, loving law-abiding outreach to mothers and fathers in crisis entering a local abortion facility. I want to be clear, we are grieved anytime a pro-lifer is arrested or threatened with federal prison when the abortionist is able to often carry out his dirty business, right? And that's hard. That's just a hard pill to swallow. But at the same time, you know, it. it I think that we have to be um, wise. We have to be wise as serpents, as peaceful as doves in, in how we proceed. And so thinking strategically, thinking, weighing the pros and cons about everything that we do in our outreach, it's an important thing to do. And I know we at Sidewalk Advocates for Life have seen such incredible, incredible victory by God's grace. 22,000 babies saved, 55 closed facilities, something is working. So I just really encourage everybody, let's do what's working, right? Let's not land ourselves in federal prison where we're going to be incredibly limited in our pro-life outreach. We need to be in front of these facilities. Women need us, men need us, families need us. And so we're just pleading with people to kind of slow down and really take a step back and look at some something, a, a tactic, an approach and say, is this really the best thing at this point in history, right? Just to be wise. And then you know, with the other two cases, uh, the other two headlines here, we're, again, we're looking towards the future. Uh, we have no idea what's going to happen in the abortion pill case. That could be a shockwave that hits America. It's going to be really interesting to watch. And of course, we hope that people understand as you head into the voting booth this fall, there is no greater sentiment. There is no greater issue than the issue of life. Without life, we have nothing else. It's the one right from all which all, all other rights flow. And so we need to get this right. I know when I walk into the voting booth, this is my number one issue. And I'm proud that it's my number one issue. Without life, we have nothing. So, all right. Well, there you go. There's our headlines this morning. Uh, really exciting stuff going on in the pro-life movement. Okay. Uh, I have the victory story this week. So this is a new story that was just posted to the Sidewalk Advocates for Life blog. And it's a beautiful story about the first save on the first abortion day. So this was our team in Sarasota, Florida, who went to the sidewalk the very first abortion day in 2024, and they saw a woman choose life. She left 45 minutes later after receiving an ultrasound. When she exited, she rolled down her window to accept a pregnancy help pamphlet from a sidewalk advocate in front of Planned Parenthood. 
Uh, our advocate offered to take her to the nearby pregnancy resource center to receive another free ultrasound and ensure she received all the relevant information to make her decision. She got to hear her baby's heartbeat and God be praised, she chose life. And the um, word got back to the sidewalk advocates that she later returned with her boyfriend to confirm their decision to keep their baby. And they were just so grateful for all the help that they had received. And so it's so funny because, you know, this is actually a really simple story. It's like sidewalk advocates were there, woman's leaving Planned Parenthood. They give her life affirming information about the Pregnancy Resource Center and an opportunity to see her baby on uh, sonogram, on ultrasound and receive all of their free services. She said, yes, she gave it a chance. And then the rest is history. And sometimes it really is just as simple as that. But if you were somebody who was thinking about going to the sidewalk and doing sidewalk advocacy, serving as a sidewalk advocate, it really can be that simple. You will have people that will turn around right at the abortion facility with the offer of that free help. And, and they go there and they get what they need and they change their minds. And then other times out on the sidewalk, you're talking to somebody for, you know, five minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you just never know. But here we are 22,000 babies later, and it really can be as simple as just showing up and being the hands and feet of Jesus. So a huge thanks to the Sarasota, Florida sidewalk advocates. We are, we are totally cheering you on this morning. Thank you for so all that good. you do. So good. so good. Such an incredible story. And again, just so simple. And I think that that kind of goes right into my tip today. Today, I wanted to talk just a little bit, kind of reinforcing the simplicity of the power of peaceful, law-abiding outreach outside on the sidewalk. And that story just so clearly illustrates how powerful it can be. You know, recently, um, not to give another story, but kind of recently, as I, as I talk a little about the power of our peaceful sidewalk outreach um, that's law-abiding, um, another story kind of intertwines with that, that recently we had another sidewalk advocate have a car pull up and a, and a young father stopped the sidewalk advocate to talk to them about how powerful the interaction was that they had on the sidewalk one day when that young father's baby was saved after an abortion appointment had been scheduled. The power of loving, peaceful, prayerful outreach outside of abortion facilities cannot be, it can't be, you know, said more, I mean, more clearly than the reality that each and every day, even this morning, one of our team members is on the sidewalk in Ohio with some sidewalk advocates, and they, as well as every location across the country, have the opportunity today to, to be a part of changing lives, changing hearts and minds. They have the opportunity to be a part of raising a culture of life in their community as they lovingly, peacefully, prayerfully reach out with medically accurate information to make sure that everyone going in and out of, a, of an abortion facility is aware of what is going to happen inside of those walls and understanding the risks and the consequences of what happens, you know, when a woman makes an abortion decision. You know, many times we see these simple interactions that very quickly result in men and women leaving the sidewalk and going and getting a free ultrasound, going and talking with a pregnancy help center counselor and having more of those longer discussions away from the sidewalk as they have understood the great power of that interaction in that moment. So I just want to remind you guys today of the great power that it is to be outside of abortion facilities, praying, peacefully advocating, being law-abiding, 
and making sure that everyone there within earshot and that you interact with is able to receive loving information, the, the compassion and the care that we have as we try to exhibit the way that Jesus walked the earth. You know, and this also means that we're being there for the abortion um, escorts who are there, as well as abortion workers, that they would see love instead of what they might expect to see based on what maybe they've heard about from abortion facilities in the past. There's such a great power as we lovingly, peacefully, and prayerfully reach out to all those going in and out of an abortion facility. So I just want to encourage you with that today. Lauren. Thanks, Nate. Beautiful. Have nothing to add. That was so well put. Thanks for sharing. All right. Well, it is time for the interview portion of our show. As you know, we usually interview a special guest at this juncture of the show. But now and then, we interview each other. It's another addition, I guess you could say, another segment, right, of Ask Nate and Lauren Anything. Anything. I mean, maybe we won't answer anything, but most anything, right? So, um, well, we I, want your questions in the comments. So somebody right. throw us a question and we'll, we'll start with one each ourselves. That <laughs> oh, is that, oh, it's kind of sounded like Jeopardy music. I was trying to discern what our producer was throwing up there. It's kind of like, so, you know, she's the elevator music. Come on guys, give us a question. Oh, what is the best airline? That oh is man, this is awesome. Oh, I love God. it. We have such a debate on our team. We need to bring back our producer for this question. Andrew, oh no, Andrew, no, no. You need to come on here because we're going to throw it to Nate and then I need you to be the counterbalance in all of this, right? Oh, an embarrassing sidewalk story. This is so good. Because I am the great and powerful Oz here, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to take over the screen. Um, <laughs> There, there. Let's just make up. A, let's make up a garbage. Let's make up a garbage airline. Just something fictional. We'll just call it Delta Airlines. <laughs> and let's let's pretend that they dumped uh, thousands of dollars of camera equipment on the tarmac, um, and lost your bag, and uh, I don't know, punched you in the face, and everything like that in between. So, um, if if that if this fiction totally fictional airline would ever exist i would encourage anyone to not fly on this delta airlines but i know other people have had different experiences uh with, with various other airlines so um lauren why don't why don't you go ahead i'm gonna just remove nate is gone i <laughs> he's over there dying laughing in the background i'm sure <laughs> there he is. Okay, so oh man, poor Andrew, Andrew. That was not only it. I, I Andrew texted <laughs> us last week, and he's like, "Um, so remember that time that I flew Delta Airlines, and the uh, hot water wasn't working for coffee or tea, or the bathroom wasn't available? And oh yeah, remember when they dumped thousands of dollars of you know camera equipment on the tarmac like last flight? I mean, he was going down the list. He's like." Oh, that happened today. And I was like, why do you always get these horrific Delta Airlines experiences? And Nate seems to be flying in the lap of luxury with them. So Listen, you guys have I, figured out that Nate loves Delta and Andrew does not. So go ahead. Listen, I think it's time for Andrew just to stop flying Delta and leave it to those of us who absolutely love Delta. Mm. Be more room for us, more available seating. 
I mean, I don't, I really don't think there's a better airline than Delta. So it's hilarious that Andrew keeps having these horrific experiences. But, you know, I don't check bags when I fly ever. So there's one thing that Andrew always has to do with camera equipment. So I don't do that. So I don't have that opportunity. And um, that is horrible that the bathroom didn't work and there's no hot water. That's unacceptable. They, they definitely should not have flown that way. But I do love Delta. Americans kind of climbing up on, on my list a little bit, too, um, just because I have to fly it so often. And recently got a free upgrade to first class on American. So, hey, that that's that's really cool. You can't really beat that. But Andy Philbin, who is one of our leaders, he is a pilot and he, he might be a pilot for Delta. So we, we can't like bemoan Delta too much. Um, they mm-hmm. support one of our great sidewalk advocate leaders. There you go. Yeah. Andy's a trainer for Delta. So maybe he can train people to fix the bathrooms in the hot water or something and not throw expensive camera equipment on the tarmac. So anyways, <laughs> but uh, okay. So I, I would agree that American is, is pretty dang good. At least my experience with them. I mostly fly American and Southwest because I live in Dallas, Fort Worth and both those airlines are based here. We literally have love field airport, a second airport that 95% of the flights going in and, in, in and out are Southwest airlines. You know, they have some smaller gigs over there too, but um, I like Southwest. I will say that for the longest time I called Southwest God's airline and Nate used to make fun of me for various reasons, mostly because he loves Delta so much, <laughs> but um, I don't know. There's been a couple things lately where I'm like, eh, I don't know if I like lining up and then having to choose my seat. You know, like I kind of like it feels like a cattle car to me. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a little tricksy when you're getting on the plane and, you know, you got to pick out your seat. I mean, first world problems. Right. But kind of like selecting it ahead of time, which American allows you to do. Delta allows you to do. I also love it when I get a screen in front of me. A lot of times when I fly Delta, I've got a, a fancy little screen in front of me where I can yeah, watch TV right. or you know, whatever, which is nice. So Nate and I travel a fair amount. It's not unusual for me to be on an airplane at least once, if not twice a month. I mean, I've even had rare months where I've traveled three times a month or so, you know, or had an extended trip. So anyways, wow, you opened up something there, Megan, with that question. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) That was so much fun. I really appreciated that this morning. That was great. (laughs) Okay, good, good, good. Um, Well, I guess I technically asked you a question, Nate. So I think you get to pose the next question to me. Okay, so let's pick this one. Um, If you could live in any two cities of the world, where would they be and why? live in any two cities yeah any two cities in the world or maybe just pick one where's where would you like to live if you could live okay well let me answer the two city question because that gives me a chance to be creative uh so number one is i would actually live exactly where i'm living i i love my suburb um it was rated the number one place to live in money uh, by money magazine a handful of years ago it's family oriented there are trees here we get real seasons Um, And we're in the great state of Texas, which is otherwise known as the promised land. We protect life at conception. I could go on and on and on. I mean, I've got one of the top 50 barbecue joints down the street from me. Um, That's no lie. When my sister from another mother, Nan, comes to visit me, she literally tells us, like my husband and I, that we live in a spot that is surrounded by amazing food. And I agree with her. I've got my favorite Thai place and we got Mediterranean and we've got Hutchins barbecue. There it is. Yes. So every time Andrew comes and, and does filming projects, video projects with us, we take him to Hutchins. So 
if for some reason you come visit me in North Dallas, I will take you to Hutchins Barbecue, which is, I mean, if Jesus made barbecue himself, it would be Hutchins Barbecue. <laughs> so now as far as the second city, if I could live anywhere else, I really don't want to say this out loud because Nate is going to like remember this forever. I would pick a city in Florida. I would probably pick, I'd pick something on the coast. Sorry, landlocked Orlando. I would go to Naples or I would probably go to like the, I don't know that I could afford to live there because I'm a nonprofit director, but I love driving through West Palm Beach <laughs> where I think Trump has one of his fortresses. Um, and so it's just somewhere along the coast would be, would be pretty cool. But um, I mean, I liked Sedona, Arizona. It's just kind of out there in the middle of nowhere, you know, Scottsdale, Arizona. I loved suburbia Phoenix. I did an internship training thing out there when I was in law school. I thought that was really cool. They're known for their shopping and I'm very pro-life and pro-shopping. So I don't know, you know, but yeah, Florida, there we go. I got my Floridian sitting all excited. All right. So then do I pick a question for you or do you want to answer that, Nate? Um, we can do either. Okay. Um, I want you to answer that. You answer that. I, I absolutely love the um, Gulf Coast of Florida. So if I could live anywhere, it probably would be right on the beach on the Gulf Coast. Probably not <laughs> far from Clearwater. Lisa lives in Clearwater. She was, you know, putting Clearwater in the chat. So somewhere in that region. Um, yes, it's very expensive to live down there. So it's not like that's probably very likely in the near future, but that's where I would love to live. And yeah. I'd love to visit places outside of America, but I don't know that I want to live anywhere outside of America. So that's probably my top place. I am a Florida guy. I hate winter. So I can't imagine like desiring to live outside of Florida because I hate anything below 65 degrees. So. <laughs> what was the picture that our producer just put on the board? What city was that? Producer, we need you to tell us because now I'm really curious. I don't it was know. east or west coast of Florida, down south. Yeah, I think, it was one Florida of the something there. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, let me go ahead and pick on this question. It's a very good practical question. Uh, Jeremy asks us, since you're hiring for some positions, tell us what it's like to help and support and coordinate sidewalk advocates all around the country every day. Wow, I um, love it. It's great. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like a programs department related question. So if you're you want to nerd out with me for a second the way that sidewalk advocates for life national is organized is we are in four departments uh communications finance and administration programs and development and then nate and i kind of hover over the top there ceo and vice president um i also have my executive part-time executive assistant kelsey who's amazing and um in our programs department what we do is we um train, equip, and support our leaders all over the United States. We've divided the United States roughly into four quadrants, and we've got a regional programs manager over each one of those quadrants. This is kind of, the, this is the heart of our ministry. We love our, our gals there that advise and support our teams. Um, I mean, I just can't say enough good stuff about our programs department. Also, Lisa in the background, who does all the admin work and keeps everything moving. She is just a gem don't know what we do without her. And then we've got a, a few metro coordinators that are overseeing big metro areas where there's a high abortion rate and a high number of abortion facilities. So we've actually got job postings on our website. So if you go to uh, the Get Involved tab on our website and scroll down to career opportunities, we're hiring everything from an executive assistant to major gift officer to two metro coordinator positions, one in South Los Angeles, one in Denver. 
Now, as far as the actual advising, um, it is a lot of strategic support, spiritual support, um, answering questions, encouraging, troubleshooting uh, various issues from how do I work around these difficult abortion center escorts to the police told me that I can't stand here, but I'm pretty sure I'm within the confines of my First Amendment rights to, I mean, everything under the sun. Nate, I don't know if you want to add to any of that that I just rattled off, but it's a good question. Yeah, no, I think that that's great. Really, you know, these positions are so much about just helping to support our local leaders, right? Continuing to help support all the volunteer efforts that are happening on the side on the sidewalks, you know, all around America, as well as helping with the administrating of the organization. So those positions have different functions, but they they all are helping us to continue to do the great work we do in supporting all of you out there who are on the ground at each of the sidewalks. So amen. That's a great, yeah, great question. It's good. Um, okay, Nate, I think you get to pick out one more. We're doing pretty okay time. Okay, so. so I'm gonna pick Susan's question then. Um, tell us an embarrassing sidewalk story. <laughs> I don't know if I have one that's embarrassing Gosh. enough. So I, I I'll give that to you. Okay. Uh no, I've got a couple. So <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You get a loquacious, uh, effervescent uh extrovert on the sidewalk once in a while and things come out of our mouths and we go, Oh, could I take that back? Right. I want to redo, I want to rewind. So, anyways, I was out on the sidewalk one morning outside the Dallas late term facility, which thanks be to God has shut down here in the Dobbs era. Nothing warms my heart more. Oh my goodness. This facility used to go up to 24 weeks of pregnancy for any reason until Texas eventually dialed abortion back to 20 weeks and then kept moving forward. Um, so I remember being out in front of the facility and nestled right next door to the late term abortion facility was the hemorrhoid clinic. And a lot of times you did not know <laughs> when someone was walking towards the building, if they were going to the abortion facility or the hemorrhoid clinic. So I call out across the parking lot. I'm like, hi, how you doing? I'm Lauren. We've got some free information, you know, and I'm kind of starting my spiel and, you know, trying to pass along information and get someone in a conversation. And, and this woman, you know, she, she yells back out, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, I said, are you by chance going to Southwestern today? She's like, no, I'm going to the other place. And I yell out, Oh, you're going to the hemorrhoid clinic. Okay, no problem. Have a great day. So I yell this. Like, I yell this across. <laughs> I mean, nicely, but across the parking lot. And she looks at me and goes, that's none of your business. And I was like, I, I yep, don't know. Yep, you're absolutely like right. One time that I don't know what to say back, right? So I was just like have a good day. <laughs> Sorry. You know, what, what do you say? And I'm like looking around, I'm like, how many prayer volunteers just oh, heard that, you know, kind of taking inventory of the sidewalk. <laughs> At least there wasn't somebody like right next to me, you know, but oh my gracious. But I actually tell that story a fair amount in our- That was so funny. And Susan said that was the story she was hoping that you would tell. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just yell somebody's personal business across the, the you know, parking lot. Very embarrassing. All right, Nate, so I don't know if you're going to top that. I don't know. No, no, I can't top it. But I'd like for you to tell the story about Olga. Can you tell Olga's story? Oh, I love that. That story. was just such a great story. Just like how human, how human being a sidewalk advocate yeah. is and how simple it can be, but also how funny it can be when you just don't quite know the lingo. 
Okay, here's the Olga story. So I was doing a, a big training stint in San Jose, California a few years ago, doing an in-person training for them, a couple mornings of sidewalk time. So I was there for a handful of days. And anyways, there's this beautiful woman uh, originally from Russia named Olga, obviously spoke English, right? And she was serving as a sidewalk advocate with the San Jose team. So she comes up to me at the beginning of the trip and she says, Lauren, you will not believe what I said on the sidewalk the other day. I am so embarrassed. And I said, okay, Olga, what, what happened? And she said, well, this, this woman was leaving the abortion facility after an initial appointment inquiring about abortion. And um, she said that uh, they couldn't do the abortion on her because of a BMI issue. And now we all know, or at least maybe most of us know what BMI means. It's body mass index. In other words, this woman was carrying a little bit too much weight and they were just concerned from a health perspective of doing a surgical abortion on her, right? So they wanted to send her to a high risk abortion provider somewhere else in California to go through with what would have been a second trimester abortion. And so Olga, not knowing what BMI meant, she remembered in the training me saying, remembered me in the basic training uh, saying, when in doubt, send them to the pregnancy center. So she looked at this woman and said, oh, you have a BMI issue? No problem. The pregnancy center can help you with your BMI. And the woman goes, great. And she goes to the pregnancy resource center. Now, they quickly informed her that they were not a weight loss provider, right? They... <laughs> they but they did service her situation. They gave her uh, a sonogram. And this woman, for the first time, got to see her 15-week-old baby on sonogram and changed her mind. And so we actually knew the rest of the story. The rest of the story you know, came back to us by the time I did the in-person training. And I got to tell that story at the training. And so you know, one of the things that I, I tell everyone is that we tend to be so hard on ourselves, but God is so good to work through our weakness and our imperfection. And we never know how we can impact the world just by being faithful to the next moment, even if it's imperfect, right? Now, I would love to tell you that me calling out across the parking lot and, and saying something about the hemorrhoid clinic uh, changed somebody's life that day. It did not. I just had a moment in that. But in Olga's case, she literally saved a life through it, you know? Um, because I mean, either way, even in that situation, even if she knew what the gal was talking about, she could have just said, well, we've got all free services at the pregnancy center. We can help you and set up a plan for you. Right. So she got to the right place ultimately, but I just love how Olga literally was so embarrassed for a couple of days. And then lo and behold, look what God did through it. Right. Oh my so goodness. Awesome. I yeah. love it. Great. <laughs> this has been fun. This has been a lot of fun. So all right. Well, guys, we, we'll do this uh, probably again in a handful of weeks. We do this every once in a while. Um, probably have a special guest this next week and then ask Nate and Lauren anything will pop up here again in a handful of weeks. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's great. Well, now I think it's time for some scripture reflection and prayer before we close out the show. So today I have for you Isaiah 12, 4 and 5, which says, and on that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call, call on his name, make known his deeds among the people, make them remember that his name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the earth. And today, I just really wanted to encourage us on Thanksgiving, just being thankful, being grateful, acknowledging the great things that God has done all around us and through us and what he is continuing to do each and every day. 
you know, one of our core values here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life is really being victory minded. And so the idea that we are always thankful, we are always grateful, and we are we are minded with the idea and the perspective of victory ahead, even if we don't always see the results that we are hoping that we we will see. And so here in Isaiah chapter 12, verses four and five, it's just so clearly reminding us to give thanks to the Lord, to call on his name, to make known his deeds among the people, that people will remember what he has done and that his name would be exalted, that we would praise the Lord in all ways and that we would remember the glorious things that he's done, that we would let this be known throughout the earth. And so today, I just encourage you, no matter what's going on, whether things are really good today or maybe it's a more of a you know mediocre day or maybe you're struggling today, there's challenges all around you, that you remember who God is. You remember what God has done. You remember that his desire is that we would continue to walk in victory and that we would see miracles all around us in the little ways and in the big ways. So today, again, I just encourage you, Read Isaiah chapter 12, spend some time meditating and praying on that, and continue to see the victory and just the the amazing things that God is doing all around you in the past, the present, and the future. And with that, if you would pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together again today. We're so grateful for all that you're doing around us, through us, and even many times in spite of us. We pray that you would continue to guide us and direct us as we move forward, no matter what our role is throughout the pro-life, pro-love movement, that we would continue to be those who very lovingly and very compassionately encourage people on the issues of life. God, we're so grateful for um, things that are happening in our culture that are moving, uh, you know, the needle forward on the issue of life. And we pray for those things that have maybe made it seem like things are going in the wrong direction when it comes to our culture, maybe not elevating to the point that we expect it to on the issues of life. God, we pray for all of those who have been impacted by abortion, all of those who are struggling today even with a past abortion decision, whether that be men or women or children that they would um, really allow you to be the healer and to bring them closure from a past abortion experience as they move forward. God, we just pray that you would touch the hearts of men and women today who are considering an abortion decision um, all across America today and this weekend. God, that we would see miracles like we've been seeing almost every single day. We'll continue to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise for the 22,000 babies saved and and moms served, the 55 abortion facilities that have closed, the 87 abortion workers that have left the industry, and all that you will continue to do in the future. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. Really great show with you and our producer, Andrew. That's right. We had a great time. Yeah. Thanks for all the great questions, too. Please join us next week for another episode of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, Facebook Live, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. We're just seeing you in a week. And But if you come here, you get to see Nate dance, which is always like an incredible <laughs> So depending on how you look at it. Something like that. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll see you next Friday. <laughs>